Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the show. Joining me today is the president of the Conservative Party of Canada, uh, Robert Batherson, uh, to discuss the most recent petition that was put out by uh, one of the Conservative senators and how his party can uh, unite from there. So, uh, Rob, I suppose we can start out with um, there are many members of the caucus who have posted supportive messages of Mr. O'Toole to, let's say, Twitter or other social media pages. Um, again, just supporting Mr. O'Toole's leadership. However, the senator uh, is saying that she has support of uh, some members within the caucus and other members within the Senate and just conservative members uh, in general. So what's your response to that? Like, is, is the conservative party divided in the sense that there's some members who are backing this petition and others uh, who aren't? Maybe just speak a little bit about that, because I think uh, there's maybe a lack of clarity on it as of right now. Well, Wyatt, I've been involved in uh, the Conservative Party and the Conservative movement for 30 years. And one of the things that I've learned uh, over that time is you know, we have hundreds of thousands of uh, members in good standing, people who uh, pay money to join the party, many people who donate to the party. And with those hundreds of thousands of members, uh, we have hundreds of thousands of opinions. So there's a whole range of opinions uh, out there in terms of the party, in terms of uh, what went right, what went wrong in the election, uh, what went right, what went wrong in terms of Aaron O'Toole's performance. Uh, that's why our leader, uh, Aaron O'Toole, in the first 24 hours after the election, uh, indicated we would do a review uh, with everything on the table uh, being looked at. That review is being led by uh, James Cumming, uh, former uh, member of parliament for, uh, for Edmonton Centre. And I think most party members, once you move away from uh, individuals who, for whatever reason or whatever agenda, uh, feel the need to, uh, to continue to uh, stir things up and uh, present a divided Conservative Party. The vast majority of Conservatives from coast to coast to coast who contact me, uh, they want the party focused on the issues that uh, matter most to Canadians. Inflation, uh, how that affects the standard of living for Canadians, um, our energy sector, and uh, the impact uh, that uh, uh, the government policy is having on hundreds of thousands of jobs. That's what Conservative Party members want our party to be focused on. And with respect to Senator Batter's uh, petition, and while I don't know uh, the Senator uh, well, I met her once in Vancouver in 2016. Uh, of course, we're, uh, we're Twitter uh, friends. We follow each other in Twitter. So you know, we're really close in that respect. And I do admire uh, the advocacy that she's had uh, for the West and for issues like mental health and suicide pre pre prevention. But the reality is there are only three ways that a leadership selection process can be uh, initiated. Uh, it's in Article 10.8 of the Constitution. And that's either the, uh, the death or the incapacity of the leader, uh, intention of the leader to uh, resign in writing. And the third is a vote at a national convention by delegates. There's no provision under Article 10.8 that opens the door for um, a confidence vote or a leadership vote of the members to be held uh, through the uh, petition section. So, you know, I, I don't get to write the rules. I don't write the Constitution. Um, I've been to every uh, convention of the Conservative Party of Canada that's looked at the Constitution, and, and nobody has ever suggested that we should have uh, petition and referendum uh, be part of the uh, leadership selection process. Never happened when Stephen Harper was leader, never happened when Andrew Scheer was leader. And uh, it's it's not on the table 
because that's how our constitution is structured. Um, as a next question, you mentioned the leadership selection process. So um, there's maybe just highlight some of the differences because um, even in some CTV articles and then um, the senator on Twitter when she posted the video to kind of launch this petition wrote, uh, today I launched a petition to review uh, Aaron O'Toole's uh, Conservative Party of Canada leadership within six months. So maybe speak a little bit about even if there, if there are any differences and if there are what the differences are between a uh, leadership selection process and a leadership review, because that was uh, one of the things that even today on Power Play, Evan Solomon asked uh, the senator. She didn't necessarily give a super clear answer on it, but maybe you can touch a little bit on it as well. Well, and I haven't seen her uh, interview with Evan Solomon. I, I did catch a clip on uh, uh, power and politics uh, on, on CBC uh, News Network. And I think the other thing is, it is unfortunate. Um, you know, one of the things I learned at my first National Council meeting in 2016, uh, when I was elected as a volunteer to, uh, to represent Nova Scotia, the National Council table, and our leader at the time was Ronna Ambrose, and she was the interim leader of the party. And one of the messages that Ronna delivered to National Council was, for us to work together as conservatives, we have to respect each other and not surprise each other. So in turn, there's a responsibility of national council not to make decisions without uh, consulting with, uh, with our caucus and, and respecting the important role that they play in the party. And in turn, it's important that our caucus members uh, not blindside uh, you know, those of us who are volunteering our time and, and working hard. So, you know, I do find it unfortunate that I, uh, Senator Batters didn't reach out. Uh, we could have had a discussion as to, to what's in order, what's not in order. But the reality is, um, Article 10.8 is, is, is crystal clear. Uh, there's no provision for, for petitions or referendum to affect the, uh, the leadership uh, of, of the, of the, of the party leader. It's, it's, it's as, as clear as day. And, uh, you know, I, I don't get to make the rules. Uh, I get one vote at convention like everybody else, but the constitution is clear. That's how we review the leadership, uh, of, uh, of the party. And I would say if, if people felt that, uh, petitions and, and referendum would be part of the leadership uh, review process, uh, why are we only hearing about it now? Because we, you know, we've it's been in the constitution like that really since the merger of the of the uh, legacy parties in uh, in two thousand three. So maybe speak a little bit about then. Um, she mentioned in a couple of interviews today as well that um, I had the chance to watch about how um, you know in order for this process to actually happen, there has to be um, a certain amount of members in. Uh, five provinces, I think it was 5% of members in five provinces who um, would support this, but you're saying that um, this, this can't happen and that the leader can't be removed. So then what happens if this does actually happen? Uh, would just nothing happen or what would be the future of it if, if this did happen if, and if she did get the number of signatures that she needs? Well, people would be wasting their time because it's not in order. So, you know, I could launch a petition uh, Wyatt, uh, that uh, I'd like a billion dollars in my bank account. Um, but just by launching a petition doesn't, doesn't make it so. And so uh, we have to operate according to the Constitution. And the ruling that I made was based on, uh, you know, good legal advice and my own experience uh, chairing uh, political organizations and chairing other boards. We have to follow what the Constitution states. 
and the Constitution does not allow for uh, petition or, or referendum to uh, to trigger uh, any uh, any leadership review or leadership vote. Okay, and maybe I'll speak a little bit about now going back to the uh, M MPs in the party who she claims are um, supporting this petition. Um, there's not a lot, she claims that there's a lot of MPs in the party who are supporting it. There's very few that have actually came out publicly. If any, there's a few who maybe made some borderline comments regarding it, but none who have necessarily came out directly and said they don't support it, uh, Aaron O'Toole's leadership. But maybe speak a little bit about uh, if this is the case and if what the Senator's saying uh, is true, how can Mr. O'Toole and the Conservative Party move forward if they do have uh, members within the party that uh, aren't supporting the leadership of Aaron O'Toole? So two things. First off, elected members of parliament have the authority under the Reform Act to trigger a leadership review of Aaron O'Toole. They voted themselves uh, that right at the first Conservative caucus meeting after the 2021 election. So members of parliament, if there are members of parliament who aren't satisfied with Aaron O'Toole's leadership, uh, they don't have to sign a petition uh, that's out of order. They don't have to sign a petition uh, that's in order, although that wouldn't be relevant to a leadership review. They have that power within the Conservative Caucus under the Reform Act. That's point one. I guess the second point is um, really for Conservative Party members, you know, if, if, if there are those who have concerns with the, uh, the, the leader, um, under our Constitution, uh, his leadership will be put to a vote at the next national convention of the party, which was set uh, in November of 2020 uh, for Quebec City in August of 2023. And again, we voted on that timing at National Council with our eyes wide open. Uh, it was a, an overwhelmingly positive uh, vote. Um, and so uh, that's, that's, that's locked in. And the Constitution empowers National Council to, to make decisions uh, for the party on all sorts of non-financial matters, including convention timing uh, between, uh, between conventions. And um, maybe I'll ask you uh, another question regarding um, Bert Chen. This was also another story that was recently uh, that recently came out um, regarding Mr. Chen and how he was initially uh, suspended from council for a total of uh, 60 days. Now, um, the suspension, uh, according to a Hill Times article, uh, is inevitable uh, and is going to be permanent. So maybe speak a little bit about why this decision was made and specifically why the change was made to change it from a temporary suspension to a permanent one. Well, the motion passed by council was always uh, a suspension that didn't attach a fixed time on it. Um, so that was clear to Mr. Chen on October the, sec on October the 12th, uh, rather, when the motion was moved and seconded. It was clear at the National Council table when it was voted on. Um, the 60-day clause references when Secretariat Committee uh, is the deadline for Secretariat Committee to report back on the investigation. And so, you know, admittedly, the uh, statement that went to the media should have been clear on that. Perhaps we should have just issued the, uh, the, the motion that was passed itself. And at the end of the day, the suspension may only last 60 days. Um, Secretary Committee has started the investigations, early stages, um, we're in the uh, uh, evidence gathering mode and uh, our uh, party's lawyer has been in touch with uh, Mr. Chen and Mr. Chen's lawyer. And so really it's too soon to say 
uh, when uh, a decision will be made regarding uh, Mr. Chen's uh, suspension, but uh, that's that's sort of where things where things stand. It could very well be sixty days, perhaps it's ninety days, perhaps uh, you know it, it's really too soon to say. And and ultimately, it'll be up to National Council to decide um, how long his suspension is, or up to National Council to decide uh, whether we invoke the section of the Constitution to uh, uh, permanently remove him. Uh, from National Council. And again, that's all spelled out in the Constitution. It's been there for years and years and years. So, um, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see where the investigation goes before uh, National Council makes any decision as to how long this suspension will be. And as one final question, maybe you can touch um, briefly on just what your final message would be to uh, conservative members and just people in general who are, um, you know, on the fence about um, the leadership of Aaron O'Toole, or even just, you know, there's lots of people who maybe don't pay um, as close attention to politics as, um, you know, journalists or people who actually work in politics do. So maybe specifically speak a little bit about what, you know, because obviously the, there is problems of uh, people within the party coming out uh, against the leadership of someone within their own party, because that can uh, then create some internal uh, disagreements within the party. But maybe speak a little bit about um, how the Conservative Party and your party can just move forward and unite from here, despite this uh, petition that's been created. Well, Wyatt, I've got two big ears and uh, I won't say how big my mouth is. And I always encourage people, you can learn a lot more by listening than, uh, than just talking. And so I would encourage conservatives to, uh, to listen to each other, to keep an open mind, uh, to uh, give the leaders a review process uh, chaired by James Cumming uh, a chance. Um, we're only two months out of the election and Aaron O'Toole has only been leader for 14 months. So I think listening, patience, uh, respect, uh, treating fellow conservatives collaboratively as opposed to uh, uh, attacking each other is the much better path to uh, building a strong, successful, united uh, coalition to present an alternative government to the Liberals. All right, uh, Rob, well, that was my final question. So thank you for joining me. And uh, it's been great chatting with you. And thank you again. Marvelous. Thanks, Wyatt. Have a great night. Bye now.